Drive All Night is supported by listeners like you. To find out how you can help, please visit patreon.com slash songsoftoryamos. There you'll learn what exciting rewards we're offering for your support. Again, that's patreon.com slash songsoftoryamos to help us continue to make high-quality and Torytainment for you. Live from beautiful Burbank, California, in the luxurious Drive All Night Studios, situated between a cluster of mighty palm trees, it's the Drive All Night Holiday Sparktacular! Last Christmas, I gave my heart, but the very next day, you gave it away. of Christmas future. For some reason, I was imagining the ghost of Christmas future as Hello, Dolly. When you said that, you were like, well, hello, Hello, David. David. I am the ghost of Christmas future. Oh, man. A cautionary tale. What do I need to change in my life? And what will it look like if I don't? Oh, Spirit Junior. Well, I can tell you, look to your future. You've made a 12-year commitment for the album tracks plus a three-year commitment for the bonus tracks on Midwinter Graces. Mm. Every solstice, you shall do an episode. I am not afraid of commitment. I'm going to need a promise ring, though, or an engagement ring. I would have to say I'm not afraid of commitment either. Look at my body of work on iTunes. (laughs) Yeah, plus you've been in a committed relationship with Tori Amos for 25 years, as have I. 30 or more. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. I was thinking it was 1996 for some reason. Yeah, 30 years <laughs> for 30, 30 years. years. <laughs> it's the longest relationship of my life, frankly. Yeah, I may have just written that in a letter to her. <laughs> really? Yeah, and it shows no signs of stopping anytime soon. It doesn't. There's no earthly way of knowing. It doesn't show any signs of slowing. And with one of the best albums of her career having just come out this year. Midwinter Graces? Yes, <laughs> 2009. Oh, you meant Ocean to Ocean. Well, that's good, too. Uh-huh. At the gentle prodding and suggestion of one of our favorite line-by-line interpreters, Laura Crum, mm-hmm. who suggested that every year we should do a special bonus episode track from Midwinter Graces. And I thought, what a great idea. But I thought we weren't going to do it. I thought, no, it'll screw up the chronology. But then I pulled What Child Noel from the Torkoal on the Daily Show. And I was like, okay, this is a sign, like yeah. a slap in the face. You and I talked about it like we were sitting there considering dessert. We were like, should we? Should we be bad? Should we abandon our chronology? I'll do it if you do it. Just two forks. (laughs) (laughs) See? I love it. I'm excited to be doing this. And, you know, in the generous spirit of Christmas, we have said yes. Yes to Laura Crum, just like Tori did to Doug Morris. Oh, that's true. And, like, she does, like, she, like, imitates him, I guess. And she's like, Tori, why don't you do a Christmas album is how she does Doug Morris. Laura Crum was like, Ephraim and David, why don't you do Midwinter Graces? And we were like, sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. You handle distribution? Uh-huh. We're going to need a yep. distribution deal like Tori has with Decca. 
We're on crumb. And you know what's going to be really interesting to go back? If we are not done with these, by the time we get to the Midwinter Graces in its proper order, then we'll just finish Midwinter Graces. Right. But... What's going to be really exciting is to like listen to all of them back to back and hear us really grow up, find our stride, come into our own. Mm-hmm. But I hope we maintain that childlike sense of joy around Christmas and the holidays and our <sighs> by the time we get there. But I think this is good yeah. because, listen to me justify, I think this is good because... <laughs> I think we've made the right decision because... <laughs> if we had stayed in the regular chronology, no one is probably, as much as you love Tori, as much as you love Christmas, no one's probably going to want a year of Midwinter Grace's episodes only, right? Like if we just handled right, this like that's... a regular album. So this makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I didn't even actually consider it that way because if we just did it back to back, it would be like at least six to nine months of just Midwinter Grace. It'd right. be like Christmas all year round. Right, it would be like the Midwinter Summer Tour. But it's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's not a Christmas <laughs> album, it's a solstice album. So it'd be like solstice all year round. And then which solstice are you going to choose? The one where the days are dark and you're just like, you're living up in Finland with no sunlight or Norway with no sunlight? I do like choose that one. Year? Me too. <laughs> <laughs> the other one was never even in consideration. Right. But, you know, if you want to just call it a solstice record period, choose the solstice of your choice. I agree. The winter solstice. Mm. Midwinter. <laughs> well, I'm also excited that we can finally do Merry Chrysler, Merry Grandma, oh, and it's not oh. out of season. Happy Christmas. It's Christmas. Merry Chrysler. Merry Chrysler. Every year that we do an episode from Midwinter Graces, we should put in all our favorite Christmas trends. We should do like a montage of our favorite holiday trends. Oh, yeah. It'll be like Oprah's favorite things. Yeah, every year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we look back and like, wow, I was old. And what's our favorite trend this year? Booster shots? No, it's not my favorite trend. <laughs> but it's but it's a trend. <laughs> but it's a necessary trend, and I will fall in line. I yeah. actually get my booster shot tomorrow from the date of this recording. Congratulations. I'm fully boosted. I got mine before Thanksies. Thanksies. Who says that? Thanksies. Fuck is Thanksies. I've never heard anyone call Thanksgiving Me either, thanksies. nor have I said it. I don't know where it came from, and I apologize to everybody for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Was that the holiday before Chrissy's? Yeah. <laughs> Thanksies and Christies. What y'all doing for Christies? I don't know. Um, I'm sorry. In preparation for this episode recording, I've dressed up in my best Christmas outfit this year. I'm wearing my Elf onesie that has Will Ferrell's face on my chest and big bold letters. I know him. I know him. Mm. And I love it. I've never had a onesie before since I was a kid. And then at my work, Warner Brothers donated a whole bunch of stuff. So Mm -hmm. there was just one adult onesie and I got it. Is that where you got your gizmo sweater, which is also a Christmas item? The gizmo sweater was purchased for me by my work because I want it in the white elephant gift exchange. (laughs) Hmm. Well, I support it. You know I love a onesie. In fact, I have in the past shown up at your house in a onesie. You have? Without any indication that it was going to be a pajama party, I made it one. I just showed up in my Superman onesie and you were like, David, this is a new level of intimacy when you can just show up at my house in a onesie. No notice, no apology. No. (laughs) I regret nothing. No regrets. Two giant super big gulps and a onesie. Yeah, one in each hand. That's how I mm-hmm. show up like St. Nick himself. That's why you're here, David. Are you willing to make a 12-year commitment to this? Yeah. Should it last that long? I want you, okay, but I want you to ask me. I want you to make it formal. Okay. Get down on one knee, please. Okay, I'm on one knee. Hold okay. on. Let me, let me, let me get my, let me get down on one knee. Oh, wait. Hold on. Uh, hold on. Oh, wait. I got it. My knuckles are freshly cracked. I can't even make that crack joke. <laughs> I was going to crack my, my finger knuckles. Well, you can add a crunchy sound effect. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here. I'm an audio artist. Yeah. Hold on. Let me get down on my knees. <laughs> Ow. You're so Ow. method. 
God, that hurt. All right, David, I'm asking you formally in front of thousands of listeners, in the ear holes of thousands of listeners, will you do one Midwinter Graces episode with me per year? I actually feel nervous. Yes, I will. Of course I will. Laura Crumb, you got your wish. Not to mention the fabulous work by the Drive All Night Sparktacular Marching Band. We owe it all to Laura Crumb. Really, we do. Because I never would have had this idea on my own. And I'll never break format for anyone else again. Laura Crumb, you're going to run our guest book. Tori Amos herself. I've already told you a million times, David. Whenever you say, like, I should shoot for an interview with her, I'm like, no. Because I want to keep it in our format. I want her to be on the episode, dissecting the lyrics with us, telling us her favorite lyrical moment. When we ask her, what do you think this line means? And then we just say, no, I don't think that's what it means. I think Tori was going through this at that time. And so this is what this means. I want to just dispute her. I want her to tell us her favorite live versions. I want her to hear Yanta's cover. I want her to hear, you know, interview the super fans. That's what I want. I think that's totally fair. When we do her show, we stick to her format. She's like, it's time for fake muse. And we're like, okay, great. Exactly. Yeah. I don't scream out like too many covers. Totally. Say that. Yeah, we just honor her decision and we expect the same from her. Thank you. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all I want. Just some respect in this world. <laughs> um, how, what is your relationship around the holidays? What is your relationship with Christmas? What is your relationship with Hanukkah? What is your relationship with the solstice season, the winter season? I like them all. I embrace them all. I certainly grew up with a family who was very into Christmas, something which you might know a little bit about and have partaken in for the past few years. Your family's Christmas, yes. Right, yeah, well, that's what I meant. I am recently partnered with someone who is half Jewish, so we've started celebrating Hanukkah too, and we light the menorah and say the Hanukkah prayer. Hanukkah 2? The sequel? Hanukkah 2. It's bigger and better and bigger <laughs> and brighter. So, yeah, we light the menorah and say the prayer every night, which I like. I like tradition. I like ritual. Do you pray? No. I meditate. Are you going to convert to Judaism? I don't like Charlotte and Sex in the City. Painfully awkward in the reboot? <laughs> no. Do you think Charlotte specifically is painful? Okay, sorry. We're going to get way off topic. And just like... No, because I saw a TikTok that called her out specifically and showed how awkward she was in the reboot. Oh, more so than she was on the original? Oh, I never saw the original. Are you I've serious? seen five minutes of the reboot in a TikTok. All right. Well, what is your relationship to the holidays? Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Solstice? <laughs> you know, I have a fractured at best relationship with the holiday season. Mm-hmm. And part of doing this, I think, might not just help me to lift my spirits around the holidays, which are typically low. My spirits are typically low around the holidays. Not only will it help me, I think, to lift my spirits, but to help me look back at maybe creating a tradition, creating my own holiday tradition. This is our holiday tradition. And maybe when we're in person, because right now we're feeling the effects of still being virtual, but eventually maybe we can do these episodes in person and maybe make it like a thing where there's like a fire and some hot chocolate and have it be like Ethan David's Drive All Night Sparktacular where we invite guests and performers and like a variety show, you know? That is a dream. Okay. And a dream is nothing if not a wish that your heart makes. And oh my my, I am wishing for it right now. But yeah, I love that. And I totally agree. As you were talking, I was like, well, this can be our holiday tradition that we look forward to. And that's how we and you make it special by recording a Midwinter Graces episode. I fully embrace this as our tradition. Do you have a fond Christmas memory? No. You don't? Um, I might have. Yes. One good Christmas memory is when we put up our Christmas tree in 2018 and we were not expecting it to look good because I had gotten this like weird ass tinsel that I thought 
I just did it. It did not suit the tree, but when we put it on the tree, it looked amazing and it made us feel super elegant. And we, we put it up in November of 2018 and we left it up until March of 2020. I remember. You remember. Yeah. It just brought us joy. And that's my most positive Christmas memory. And you got some of that what? Weird ass tinsel. Yeah. <laughs> It was wide-ass tinsel. Uh Uh-huh. It was up all year. We had holiday (laughs) cheer all year that year. Yeah. From the bottom, make it drop. That's some what? (laughs) Weird-ass tinsel. Wide-ass tinsel. (laughs) Wide-ass it was. It was thick. It was thick tinsel. It was real thick. Anyway, should we get started? Yeah, probably. Should we announce our guests on this episode? Call out Mark Holly. (laughs) And let's announce our guests, yeah. (laughs) Call out Mark Holly. We have invited... None other than Laura Crum to be on this episode. Mm-hmm. It was her idea. We're going to get down to the bottom of what made her think it. If she were thought, she would want us to think her, and we did. Mm, here she so, comes a wassailing. Yeah, we should talk about wassail. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Topical. Yeah, exactly. Current, current. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is wassail a version of ginger ale? Like wassail? I don't think ginger ale. Wassail. Ginger ale? <laughs> Isn't it more punchy? It's not like ginger ale. Oh, maybe. I think it's more cidery. Oh, okay. I like a good cider. Me too. I must say I'm happy to be getting to some of the later songs before we lose our minds. (laughs) Yeah. Like old age. I was going to say, this is going to turn into The Notebook, where I have to visit you in your retirement home and bring you the little Earthquakes booklet. And by the time we get to the last page, (laughs) for just one second... You remember Tori and what our relationship is. And we hold each other and cry while listening to Silent all these years. And then just like that, it's gone. And I'm like, I'll do it again next week. I still have never seen The Notebook. And now you've spoiled it. I haven't. It's nothing like that. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) This is fan fiction. You know that TikTok trend where someone's playing an old person and they're laying in a bed and they're like, please play me that song I used to love. And it's themselves as their nephew or whatever. Like 2075, when I'm on my deathbed, they say, please play me that song I used to like. And then they they always like put on WAP or they put on some ridiculous song. I want them to play Teenage Hustling. That's good. Please play me that song I I was going to say that or Professional Widow. I don't mind a dirty girl. (laughs) (laughs) You want to know. Anyway. All right. Let's get to it. All right. This is the original What Child Is This? Which was not called What Child Noel, but we'll get to that later. Here it is. The original. Or who's singing it? Joseph? <laughs> not the original, but like a, a traditional arrangement. <laughs> the original verge. I see. Too bad you didn't say who's singing it. The Virgin Mary. I thought about that, but it didn't make sense because she knows who the child is. Yeah, exactly. It's on her lap. Right. Joseph is like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What child is this, what Mary? Is, where did this come from? Because then if you had said that, then I could say it was the original Verge by the Verge. Virgin Mary. <laughs> the Verge. The Verge version. Yeah. But instead, we've invited the San Ramon Valley High School Concert Choir into the Drive All Night Studios for our first Sparktacular. Take it away.
I would say that growing up, there were certain ones that were very popular there. And one of them I've joined with um, another Carol. And they both have English passports, if you will. So we talked about the American um, Carol, which I think was, was originally, the lyric was penned by a British guy, but the music being Green Sleeves. The record starts with What Child Noel. And then it's joined with something that I've composed and goes into Noel. What child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap asleeping, whom angels greet without them sweet, while shepherds watch your Child Noel is the first track off of Tori's 11th solo studio album, released November 10th, 2009 in the United States and November 16th, 2009 in the UK and beyond. It was released through Universal Republic Records and is the first seasonal album by Tori Amos. Now, we did not do a primer, so all of these episodes are going to have to serve to prime ourselves every year. Yes, we're all going to have to prime ourselves. Prime me. Prime me a river. Since we're not doing a primer, though, let's talk about the album just in general. When you first found out she was doing, and she she didn't say a Christmas album. She said a seasonal, a solstice album. She was very careful not to say Christmas. Mm-hmm. What were your first thoughts when you found out this was happening? Well, at first I was like, why is Tori waging a one-woman war on Christmas? <laughs> why won't she say the word? <laughs> just say it. I was looking forward to it. You know, I love classically influenced Tori. I love ballad. I love piano Tori. I love acoustic Tori. So I was like, okay, great. This might be just the thing, just what I'm looking for. I think a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, Tori, the minister's daughter is doing a holiday album. It's going to sound like Blood Roses, like talking about Jesus. (laughs) Who thought that? I think people did. Who thought that? I think people thought she was going to do something like transgressive and kind of like irreverent. But I'm like at that point in her career anyway. Anyway, there was like no way that was going to happen. So, And she has so much respect, I think, for traditional song form, you know, mm-hmm. that if she was going to cover them or she had such respect for Doug Morris and to be invited back into his inner sanctum, you know, I feel like there's no way it was going to be transgressive. What I was hoping for when I heard about it was an album filled with Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmases, you know, oh, like yes. sad. Totally. Yeah. Not like transgressive, like, yeah, little fucking drummer boy. No, I thought it was going to be. <laughs> have your like sad. <laughs> 
So were you all in? I was, yes. It's a Tori bonus I, she album. She just come off of one of my favorite albums of Normally Attracted to Sin. Ants. Of course I was all in. Yes. Yeah. So it really was like getting two albums in the same year. Two full albums. It was not just like that. It was that. Yeah. <laughs> we did get two albums in the same year. Well, you're right. But I know a lot of people, there's like back and forth on whether or not we should consider holiday albums like side projects almost or if they're proper no. albums so. proper albums with the amount of work she puts into it i want to consider any album she promoted by appearing on television dressed as a spangly toy soldier that's what i think <laughs> epaulets and all and plus it has original material and not only is it does it have original material but every song she added something to it yeah before we hopped on i was thinking like is this the moment when tori discovered the mashup <gasps> why Unless we count Father Lucifer Tubular Bells on the Dewdrop Drop And tour. Small Town Boy, Run Away, right, right, right. Turn yes, Away, yes, Run Away, yes. Turn Away, Run Away, Turn Away. So I think that was the first instance of like medleyizing mashups, but... I don't think so. No? The... No. Tell me. She did her improvs in 94 before Winter and Precious Things. Yeah, That's true, but not a and lot. no, in 92 she was doing a whole lot of love and thank You're you. You're right. I was <laughs> just going to say that too. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, in 88 she was mashing up the Skyboat song with ATN. Oh my God. <laughs> she has always done it. She's a mashup queen and we just never noticed. She's a mashup lord. She's a kink lord. <laughs> She's a mashup <laughs> potato. <laughs> but no, because it has original music and because it has not only original compositions, but original music in a lot of the tracks, I think it's very easy and appropriate to consider this a full album. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think? I think it is. And she kind of approached it the way she would later approach Night of Hunters. I consider it like almost commissioned or kind of a dare, mm -hmm. like a response to a dare from Doug Morris. Yeah. And you know, she loves a dare. She does. She does a challenge. I'll do oil spill. You dare me? You dare me. I'll do all of zero points solo. Where do I sign? I'll do Giants Rolling Pin with the band. You dare me? Totally. Foreshadowing. I'll rock the shit out of Jeanette Isabella. I'll rock the shit out of Jeanette Isabella. <laughs> I'm going to bring my torch, bitch, and burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> do you want to talk a little bit about how this album came to be? Like, just the facts of the matter before we get into What Child Noel? It was definitely Immaculate Conception. There's really only the mother, Tori herself, the great mother. Mm -hmm. Writer, producer. The wiki page for Midwinter Graces says... Midwinter Graces began as a suggestion by Doug Morris, chairman and chief executive officer of Universal Music Group, who, according to Amos, encouraged her to tackle and complete the project at a moment's notice in March 2009. After a summer of writing original material and rearranging established hymns and carols for the album, Amos, while still on the road for her 2009 world tour, began recording. Portions of the album were recorded in her husband's recording studio, Martian Studios, in Cornwall, England, while other sessions were held in Studio City and Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, and Toronto. During interviews for the album, Amos spoke at length about making this album for both her father, a Methodist priest, and for Doug Morris, a liberal man of the Jewish faith. A Methodist priest is not a thing. The Methodist minister. But anyway. Well, they wrote Methodist priest. The goof is on Wikipedia, David, not me. I know. In early November 2009, Amos gave an interview for Pride Source magazine in which she disclosed the primary reasoning behind the album. And the quote says, My father wanted me to do this, said Amos. I think the fact that I didn't write She's a Hussy Merry Christmas will make everybody really happy. There's no mention of Satan or dancing with Satan or anything like that. There's nothing disrespectful at all on this record. It's really beautiful. She was writing for a Methodist priest and a Jewish man. So she was writing for both you and your boyfriend. She's a hussy Merry Christmas. She's a hussy Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. 
I think this is a nice way for Tori to acknowledge her religious upbringing and the relationship she probably had to these songs to sort of reframe them. And I think she even suggests or tells a story about her dad saying like, Tori Ellen, make this album your own. Don't do it for me. Write it from your perspective as a woman in the year 2009. (laughs) And that's what she did. And that is what she did. Yeah. My father has been the most encouraging person when it comes to this record, Midwinter Graces. He's, he is, um, sending me messages every day and he's encouraging me he encouraged me he said daughter don't write this for dad i want you to write this from your place of where you are as a woman and a mother and your career has been about um empowering not just women, but all people for their uh, wholeness and not being subjugated to a belief system. And he has been the most, um, I don't know, encouraging of all people when it comes to the religious theme. She says in BizarreMagazine.com that same year, she says in another interview, he said to me in March, and this is, she's talking about Doug Morris here. He said to me in March when I was visiting him in New York, he says, I've always wanted to know what you would do with a seasonal album. You're a minister's daughter, so you grew up with the stuff, but you're also a feminist. I love that he's telling her who she is. A lot of this music was written when things were really puritanical and women didn't have any rights. And so there isn't a lot of embracing of the feminine except with the Virgin Mary, if that makes any sense. Because he and I were talking about music that goes back, a more pagan style of music, where there seems to be a place where goddesses were honored if you go back into antiquity. And he said, I'd really like to see you have a perspective on the carols and write some of your own. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Doug Morris. Yes. I watched some behind-the-scenes footage, an interview on Midwinter Graces with Tori. Stop bragging. She just kind of casually, offhandedly says, I'm a big Jesus fan. <laughs> Almost <laughs> as if to say, like, I always have time for Jesus. I'm a big Jesus fan. You know, me and Jesus, we used to hang a few years back. Jesus with a big J. Jesus. Sup, J? It's all very on-brand. Yeah, that sounds very on-brand, right? Mm-hmm. It seems like this album would then check all of her boxes, honestly. Yes. Thank goodness Doug Morris told her who she is. I know. There's something fishy about the story. I think she went to him. She's like, let me tell you, I'm a feminist and I grew up with this stuff. Yeah. You want to fund me? She's like pitching it. Get this. I'm calling it Midwinter Graces. She's got like a PowerPoint presentation. Mm-hmm. It starts with what child? I feel it's good to bring in an audience with a question. Pose a question to them. Like what child? What? Who right. is this? We decide who the child is throughout the whole record. <laughs> we figure out. We track the child. What child? child no well yeah well no well yeah well (laughs) now that we've talked a little bit about the album we'll talk a little bit about the album each year you know just to remind us what album we're talking about Mm -hmm. i think it'll be like reading the christmas story from the bible oh yes and in the days of king herod there was a census should we move from the album into the song now? Yes. What Child Know Well, featuring piano, harpsichord, and vocal by Tori Amos, drums, percussion, and bells by Matt Chamberlain, bass only by John Evans. Come on, everyone's doing triple duty, John. Mm. Synths and samplers by John Philip Chenal. Strings arranged and conducted also by John Philip Chenal. And then the song is listed as traditional arrangement with additional words and music by Tori Amos. Thoughts? What a grab bag. 
This is the first time we heard the harpsichord in quite some time. I know. I was thinking about that, too, since Glory of the 80s, maybe. Was this the last time we'd heard it on record? I think so. I mean, I find it funny that this harpsichord on this track feels so very safe because the harpsichord itself, Tori was like, she wanted to rock. She wanted to show people who she was. But then we all grow up and we all get settled down. <laughs> you know, we all just kind of relax and just don't want to go out anymore. And we just want to just sit by the fire yeah. and eat some s'mores. We yeah. all grow out of our rebellious harpsichord phase. Including the harpsichord herself. This is certainly a more traditional use. It's really just flavor, texture, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. kind of daintily in the background, like falling snow. Raining flavor. Raining flavor. Rain it. Snowing flavor. Rain it all over me. I'm loving that she's brought in live musicians, like actual musicians for this, which will be the last time for a while, right? These particular Matt and John. Because mm, they're not true? on Night of Hunters. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because they're not on Night of Hunters and they're not on Gold Dust and they're not on Unrepentant Geraldines or Native Invasion. Wow, they took a long break and then their first time back was on the Christmas Tide EP. That's a lot of Christmas. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they went from. Oh, nice catch, David. She was nice like, I'm going to ease them back into it where we left off so they're not too where disoriented. Yeah. Like last time we talked, it was Christmas. So, so here's Holly. Uh-huh. Let's get into the song and let's do some quotes about the traditional song itself and talk about the history of what child is this which is the basis for what child noel although there's a lot she talks about what child is this going into the first noel right in that quote that we played mm-hmm. good good and noel i was always told was french because the spelling is the french spelling and there are many noels there's a tradition of Noels coming from France, which I didn't understand. And I didn't know that there were many different ones. Well, the one that we know in the States and that's very famous is from Cornwall. And that's N-O-W-E-L-L, that's Noel. And whether they were saying um, Noel, Noel, because they came out of a drinking binge and needed water. Nobody's quite sure when you're talking to the experts. I just have a question for you. Is Noel the French word for Christmas? Well, as it turns out, Noel is a term signifying the holiday season. Noel comes to us from the Latin verb nasai. I have no idea how. Let's just say Noel comes to us from a Latin verb, meaning to be born. A variation of this word made its way into Old French as a reference to the Christmas season and later into Middle English as Noel. Today it refers both to Christmas and to Christmas carols. What does Noel translate to in English? The first records of the word Noel in English come from the early 1800s. It comes from the French Noel, the French way of saying Merry Christmas. The word derives from a Latin word meaning birthday. Interesting. So the way you say Merry Christmas in French is Joyeux Noël. Uh-huh. Right? We got our French listeners are going to be so mad. I'm sorry. What? What was wrong with my accent, Nothing. David? Nothing. I'm just going to, if I attempt to do it, I'm apologizing for myself. Yours was beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you. Why don't you try it? Joyeux? No. <laughs> this is going to be like trying to get me to do Take to the Sky with, um, <laughs> if uh, you know it. That was it years don't. ago, David. I don't even remember. That was our first season. This is our 11th season. I can remember past seasons. It's a circle of seasons. <laughs> In fact, I can't remember anything. <laughs> spin, girl, spin. Joyeux Noel. Joyeux Noel. Joyeux Noel. According to the man on YouTube, he pronounces it 
Joyeux Noël. Sorry, I'm international, David. I know. Well, you better get ready for upcoming European Tory tour. Mm-hmm. Joyeux Noël, mm. I'll say. And they'll be like, it's fucking March. They'll be like, are you French? Cross the border, no problem. I'm trying to learn key phrases so no one knows I'm an American. Welcome home. Interesting enough about this song, and I, we had just pulled it for Never Shut Up, which, if you're listening to this in chronology, was an old daily show we used to do. Oh, It was 80 years ago. ago. <laughs> many years ago. Please play me that daily podcast I used to love so much. Never um, shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. <laughs> so now I'm going to read from the Wikipedia page for the first Noel. It says, the first Noel as the song, also known as the first Noel, spelled N-O-E-L, is a traditional English Christmas carol with Cornish origins, mm-hmm. most likely from the early modern period. Mm-hmm. I always think that whenever I see the word Cornish, too, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I see you, girl. <laughs> Most likely from the early modern period, although possibly earlier, it is listed as number 682 in the Raud Folk Song Index, which, if you don't know, is a database of around 250,000 references to nearly 25,000 songs collected from oral tradition in the English language from all over the world. And it was the 652nd one. And it was compiled by Steve Rood, a former librarian at the London Borough of Croydon. Rood's index is a combination of the Broadside Index and a Field Recording Index. It subsumes all of the previous printed sources known to Francis James Child and includes recordings from 1900-1975. Until early 2006, the index was available by a CD subscription, but now it can be found online on the Vaughn Williams Memorial Library website. I've gone off the rails. You have. Ephraim got run over by a reindeer. Ephraim fell down a rabbit hole. (laughs) So anyway, about the first Noel, there's several very famous versions, including this one. Roll it, Oliver. It's by Mariah Carey. No. Isn't that sweet? Mm-hmm. Old folk songstress Mariah Carey. Do you want to hear the Glee cast sing it? Why not? Roll it, Ollie. No So Tori, which is my source for like all information in life, but definitely for this album and for Christmas holiday lore too, maybe, talks about how the Anglican church had no song tradition. So they sort of took existing folk songs and regional music and sort of just rewrote religious lyrics for them. Interesting. So she is considering herself part of that proud tradition of variations on a theme or sort of incorporating pieces of existing work and doing her own version of that. With this song. Yeah. And some of the music is so ancient that they can't even tell you where it comes from. They will tell you that they know that there is... um, a record of it when the church got a hold of it or um, when a choir would get a hold of it. But there, there was a tradition in England of the folk song, and yet the folk song was taken from wassail songs. So, or drinking, you know, drinking songs. And that starts to make a lot of sense because you think, well, The Anglican Church was around 
for, what, since the middle of the 1500s or something like that, they had no music unless they took the Catholics' music, and they weren't going to do that. So they took pagan songs, drinking songs, sea shanties, and they would change the words and put their ideology into it. When you think about it, I'm just doing what they did. So I'm really part of this wonderful tradition of um, bringing forth a point of view of the time that the song is being sung. And that also is true of the original What Child Is This, which is set to the melody of the traditional song Greensleeves. I'm glad you brought that up because this is the perfect time to mention that What Child Is This is a Christmas carol with lyrics written by William Chatterton Dix in 1865, subsequently set to the tune of Greensleeves, a traditional English folk song in 1871. And then there's Dad, Dad being a minister. And the funny thing about him is he's... He's an enigma. He'll say, Tori Ellen, what child is this? They stole that from Greensleeves. I said, yes, that's right. That's another melody. I, and the word stole, in those times, it wasn't really thought of as stealing. And in England, I've learned the, the song, the carol, what child is this, is not really sung there anymore because that's sort of like singing, um, I don't know, um, a song about Jesus to Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. And it's just too strange. So do you want to talk a little bit about the Greensleeves controversy and how subversive that is? Is it subversive? Well, the English stopped playing Greensleeves. They were so rocked. It's just weird in her words. Or as her dad said, they ripped it off. Well, it's interesting because I found an article on businessinsider.com called One of the Most Famous Christmas Carols was originally a salacious pop hit. And it came out on Christmas 2017. You want to hear this? Mm -hmm. What Child Is This is a classic Christmas carol that's a staple of many holiday playlists. Like all Christmas carols, it focuses on a major event from the Christmas story, namely shepherds coming to visit the newborn Jesus. But the lyrics dealing with the birth of Jesus were added to the melody centuries after the song's tune was written around 1580. The original melody, Green Sleeves, isn't religious in nature at all. In fact, it's all about a painful romantic conundrum and includes what some historians view as subtly salacious lyrics. Everything was salacious in the 1580s. But subtly. Popular legend attributes it to Henry VIII, who is said to have written it for Anne Boleyn. We know her. Mm -hmm. The woman he would ultimately marry and execute. But in Angel Song, Medieval English Music in History, author Lisa Colton writes that this association is erroneous, as the song most likely originated during the reign of Queen Elizabeth. The lyrics deal with a spurned lover accusing Lady Greensleeves of casting him off discourteously, despite the fact that he loved her, paid for her lodgings, and bought her a petticoat, a pearl-bedecked gown, <laughs> and a jeweled necklace. The song's scandalous twist is hidden in its very title. Green wasn't necessarily an innocuous color in early modern English society. According to women's roles in the Renaissance, the phrase a green gown denoted promiscuous behavior, namely getting grass stains on your dress while engaging in amorous activities outdoors. <gasps> Authors Meg Brown and Carrie McBride speculate the term green sleeves may even refer to a prostitute. 
but the exact meaning of the song has been debated for centuries. In Roll Me In Your Arms, Unprincipled Ozark Folk Songs and Folklore, Vance Randolph suggests the singer might have assumed Lady Greensleeves was a prostitute, given her green dress. According to this school of thought, the singer was mistaken, and Lady Greensleeves took offense at his assumption. Regardless, the song was still immensely popular. Shakespeare even has Falstaff name-drop the tune in The Merry Wives of Windsor, Let the Sky Rain Potatoes, Let It Thunder to the Tune of Greensleeves. And Shakespeare, what a drama queen. This is all just even more on brand for Tori. There's like multiple mm-hmm. Tory layers happening here with the mm-hmm. history of this song and, you know, kind of the scandalous nature of it and the nods to prostitution. That's like Tory territory anyway. But then you add the idea of, you know, the possible scandal around Mary's pregnancy out of wedlock. I don't know. I like all the implications of that and how this is all folded into green sleeves. What child is this? And then Tori's what child knew well. That makes sense. What I wouldn't give to be... In the room, silently observing Toriamus as the smile curled in the corner of her mouth when she realized, oh yes, I'll do green sleeves, won't I? Oh yes, I will. I was imagining the animation when the Grinch like gets the idea <laughs> to ruin Christmas and his lips curl yeah. up really exaggeratedly. <laughs> Tori's like, I shall destroy the solstice. And no one will ever know. <laughs> I'll speak in coded language, I will. <laughs> but child, Noel. No, well. No. Why don't you read this press release from Universal Republic released on September 18th, 2009, which is someone on this call's birthday. Happy birthday, Jesus. Thank you. Annie, friend. (laughs) Tori's first and highly anticipated seasonal album to be released November 10th, 2009. After nearly two decades writing and recording some of her generation's most emotionally powerful music, Tori Amos will release her first seasonal album, Midwinter Graces, on November 10th via Universal Republic. A follow-up to Tori's critically acclaimed studio album, Abnormally Attracted to Sin. Midwinter Graces will find Tori reworking and expanding on classic carols, as well as developing some of her very own seasonal tracks. Midwinter Graces is an album that has been in the making for the past 40 years. Raised in the Baltimore area, under the watchful eye of her Methodist minister father, Tori grew up playing holiday carols at Sunday services and Christmas Day celebrations in her father's church. These were the songs that gave a young Tori her first taste of music. And now, almost 40 years later, Tori gets her own chance to reimagine classics like What Child Noel and Star of Wonder. Tori will also add her own bittersweet bliss to the season with original tracks like Pink and Glitter and Our New Year. For Midwinter Graces, Amos has again teamed up with longtime collaborators Matt Chamberlain on drums, John Evans on bass, and Mac Aladdin on guitars. Tori has enlisted the help of a big band and an orchestra with studying Jean-Philippe Chanel arrangements to create Tori's new seasonal classics. Take me back 2009. Can you believe that was like 12 years ago? Take me with you. Time flies, David. It does. Time flies. Like a sleigh pulled by eight tiny reindeer. Like a lady with green sleeves. <laughs> like Lady Green Sleeves herself. Do you remember going to buy this album? Yeah, of course I do. Tell me. Uh, yeah, I went to Amoeba and I bought the album. You went to Meebs? It was as simple as that. <laughs> yeah, I went to Meebs. Meebs. <laughs> After Thanksies? After Thanksies, I went to Meebs. Meebs. <laughs> 
Where yeah. did I get this? I might have gotten this at Amoeba too. It was definitely an independent record store because I support independent record stores. Now that there are no towers. <laughs> I know. I bought Midwinter Graces and then I immediately went to see a screening of Lars von Trier's Antichrist, which seemed like a, really? nice, a nice way to pair this album with. Is that real? Media. It is real. It sounds a little too convenient. It wasn't convenient to get there. Well, you live in LA, David. That's true. This is a quote from musicradar.com, and they ask her, what led you to record Midwinter Graces? I understand there were suggestions from both your father and the head of your label, Doug Morris. She said, yes, which is kind of fascinating for me because my father's a Methodist minister and Doug Morris is a liberal Jewish guy. My dad has been after me to do a Christmas record since I was two years old. After I did South by Southwest in March of this year, Doug said to me, look, I've always wanted to know what you would do on an album like this because a lot of us are excluded. In the carols, particularly in stanzas three, four, and five, usually the Christ kicks in and you're already involved in the crucifixion before you finish the song he said i just want to celebrate the rebirth of light i just want to celebrate the rebirth of light tori <laughs> why can't some of these carols be more inclusive instead of exclusive if you don't buy the whole thing hook line and sinker he was on to something, but what he didn't know, that I knew, was that a lot of the carols were not Christian. They came from sea shanties and were pop songs of their day. Imagine in 300, 400 years from now, people are singing the song Billie Jean, but instead of singing The Kid Is Not My Son, they sing Anne Mary Had a Son. So you start to thinking, where do these songs come from, and how can we bring them to a 21st century place without offending people like my mother, who loves the carols? I think we should do this with a Tory song. Let's rewrite a Tory song to be about Jesus, and it'll be like Jules Hand's Holiday Edition. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Yeah, I can. What song? Um, give us the challenge, David. Every year we'll present a challenge. We'll oh give people man. a year to complete it. I don't know. Cruel. Cruel. Cruel, but make it Yule. Oh, shit. I can be Yule, darling. <laughs> I didn't even think of that when I randomly grabbed Cruel. <laughs> It's time for you, darling. No candy canes only. I don't know. Peppermint Bach for uh. you. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> but let's do the bridge. Uh, uh, uh. Merry Christmas, you go on. It's like, you know that song, if rain drops and something drops, we're lemon drops and gum drops. Oh, what a rain it would be. Isn't that from your like elementary school show? Yeah. Yeah. That's what you just reminded me of. <laughs> How do you know that? I know everything. Quit reading my teenage diary. I won't. It's so good. You want to talk about salacious. It's not even like, <laughs> it's not even like 16th century salacious. It's like legit. Uh-huh, 1990s salacious. <laughs> Tori Amos loves to stun and surprise, says MusicRadar.com. And with her newest album, Midwinter Graces, she's thrown another left curve at fans who delight in her idiosyncratic musical stylings. Why don't you read these quotes? Although the record is most certainly a holiday offering, Amos, the daughter of a Methodist minister, prefers to call it a seasonal or solstice album. As you know, I don't like to dwell on the familiar, she says. That just doesn't interest me. And I don't think my audience wants me to give them what they can get elsewhere. Still, the idea of a holiday record intrigued Amos, and once she threw herself into the project, recording it in stages while on tour over the summer, she did so with characteristic aplomb, eschewing played-out standards such as White Christmas, but putting her own spin on lesser-known traditional numbers like What Child Noel and Star of Wonder. The results make for an enchanting, bewitching, and altogether intoxicating listen. Midwinter Graces isn't merely a covers album, however. Amos has written five originals, including the lush love ballad, A Silent Night with You, the torchy pink and glitter, which finds the artist of entering assuredly into big band territory, and Winter's Carol, the latter song offering listeners a preview of her upcoming musical, The La Princess, Princesa. There's not a saccharine nor shocking moment to be found. 
and Amos admits this might be one of the record's most startling aspects. I'm known for pushing people's buttons with my music, and here I am holding out a nice pillow for them to rest their heads on. But that's okay, she adds. Things are hard these days. People need a little comfort, some hope. If I can do that in even some small way, how can I feel I'm not doing my part as an artist? Truer now than it ever has been. Honestly. I need a musical pillow. I need Midwinter Graces too. Me too. Or was that Christmas Tide? Christmas Tide. Yeah. <laughs> Good, David. Good. Tori's What Child Noel is obviously stemming from What Child Is This, but she's rewritten the lyrics. So should we talk about the lyrics? Should we do a line by line? Yeah, let's see what Tori did with it. Oh, let's find out. When I started to learn that a lot of the carols I had been drawn to originated in the West Country, I kind of thought to myself, well, well who knew all this time? Um, I didn't know that, but what is important here is that the Methodist influence. I didn't realize that Cornwall was really saturated by Methodist at a certain point. And when they came in, what we all have to understand about the Methodists is that they didn't have a song culture. Imagine you're coming in they're breaking away from other denominations at the time. John Wesley, his brother Charles Wesley. And if you think, if you're thinking for a minute, okay, you're Charles Wesley, the brother who's got to come up with this music. And as good as he may be, you've got to come up with a lot of music really quick. So what do you do? So you start pulling on other traditions of music, and then you change the lyric to fit your ideology of whatever that is. So for this line by line, we're going only into the lyrics that Tori uses in the song, because not only are there the traditional lyrics for What Child Is This, but there's the traditional lyrics for the first Noel, and then all the traditional lyrics, as traditional lyrics are wont to do, shift and change over the years, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, what can we do? We can only just, we only care about Tori Amos. Where do you get comfortable with these changes? Kind of the way, as you pointed out, Alanis Morissette has changed wearing leather to wearing pleather. Mm-hmm. And I support her. Times change. And even in that lyric where you're talking about her, where she's changed leather to pleather, she's speaking as the other person and still then insulting her for wearing pleather. Mm-hmm. As if to say even pleather's bad, because if you're wearing pleather, you're trying to signal leather, which itself is not vegan and not cool. Yeah, but don't vegans try to approximate food that has meat in it, like by eating veggie burgers? I'm sorry. It's like a sandwich. But how is that different than just like approximating the look of leather? Excuse me. All humans deserve sandwiches a sandwich is comfort food yeah yeah well maybe all humans deserve comfort chaps anyway the point is we're only getting into Tori Amos lyrics why do we fight every Christmas <laughs> I don't know it's the holidays what child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap asleep what child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? My mind is already blown because I never really thought about this song as being about, you know, like the wise men traveling to see the baby Jesus. I don't know why. I always thought of it as from Mary's perspective, like, what is happening? How did I get in this position? <laughs> Which is kind of like a more Tory read of the song. But I guess she knew. 
wasn't a surprise to her. <laughs> is this the only time that we talk about Mary on the whole album? How can that be? She talks about Mary more on her non-Christmas albums than she does on her actual Christmas album. Right. Because if it is, we have to talk about this idea of the immaculate conception, first of all. Okay. Let's start with what Tori has to say about it. Jesus was the first Christian feminist, but I'm talking about the feminine, the great mother, which was not embraced and she had to be made a virgin to even be respected. I don't know any, you're the religious one. You're the religious scholar here. No, I'm not, but okay. Obviously it wasn't immaculate, right? Am I offending people if I say that? Obviously it wasn't. Just like the, the whole underpinning of your faith, I'm gonna unravel. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Uh -huh. <laughs> you can't have a baby without having sex. Yeah, everybody knows that. So are you saying God does not, in fact, work in mysterious ways? Um, I mean, come on. I don't know much about it, and I'm not trying to offend anyone. It's just, I've always grown up thinking like, okay, uh, immaculate conception, that's a little far-fetched. I think you're right. Assuming that there was a real historical Jesus, which, you know, there probably was. I think he was mythologized after the fact, um, which was also not an uncommon practice, especially if you're forming a religion around someone. You're like, well, we need like a banger of an origin story. So how can we flesh this out and make it seem like a bigger deal? And I have kind of, yes, acknowledged the birth of Christ as one tradition, but then there's the birth of light, of ideas, um, of the sun itself, S-U-N, solar, and also the birth of the feminine, which is part of this as well. So then she goes on to talk about, you know, solstice, Christmas, the rebirth of the sun, S-U-N, but also S-O-N. Mm -hmm. And then she says, it's kind of like cliff notes for her own album. She's like, also feminism, hand on hip, but feminism too, the feminine, the great mother, the woman who was not embraced, and she had to be made a virgin to be respected. Mm. So I think she says that sort of, you know, Christianity incorporated the idea of the goddess or the feminine by sort of venerating Mary, but she had to be a virgin because, you know, a woman can't be respected if she's had sex, I guess. So. What child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap asleeping? Pretty much, you know, none of this is historically accurate. It's all myth, and that's fine. That doesn't take away from the inherent value or, let's say, truth of it. But was there a star that led Wiseman to a manger? No, probably not. Well, that sounds to me more accurate. You believe more so in a star like a pixie leading people somewhere than... Not a star like a celebrity, like a star like in the sky, right? Of Wanda? Yeah, a star of wonder. Like, you can navigate by following the sky. So you can accept that a star led shepherds and wise men to visit a baby as long as the baby was not the product of immaculate conception. I can accept that people directed people, go to the manger, follow that star, just keep walking forward, following that star, and you'll eventually arrive at a manger. Yes, that sounds like something I'd say today. But like, that's how you give direction. Follow that star. <laughs> follow Spring Street till you get to three lights down and there's a manger. Mm. Just keep going in this direction. 
Ryan. Follow that car. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because the reason we're arguing about this is because when you said that it had never occurred to you, this was from the wise men's perspective, it had never occurred to me either because what child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? It seems to me like, what, what, what happened? I just have a child. Yeah. And that's it's what's forcing me to call into question this immaculate conception idea. And it's just like a meditation on the newborn as a non on the newborn Christ is what this song is. Oh, a meditation on the newborn Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh, come let us adore him. Whom angels greet with anthem sweet While shepherds watch your keeping Whom angels greet with anthems sweet While shepherds watch our keeping That's a tough sentence. I can't blame her though she didn't write it. These are the traditional lyrics up until this point. Yeah, the first verse is tradition. Yes, and then she gets to what would have been This is Christ the King, and she heard Doug Morris in her head. Like, can we get this Christ out of Christmas? Rewrite. (laughs) And I respect that. But before we get there, whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch are keeping. Mm -hmm. So the shepherds are keeping watch, right? Yeah. While the angels are greeting the new Christ with sweet songs, right? Yeah, where are those angels when you need them? At the manger. Now, when you hear what child is this, do you think like, what child is this? Question mark. Or do you think, wow, like what a child this is? What child is this? It just sounds, I don't know, kind of neither. It does sound very medieval-y to me. Uh Uh-huh. Like, what child is this? I don't know. (laughs) That means nothing. But if you say it in a breathy (laughs) voice like that, it's heavy with meaning. Ooh, Chaucer? Is that you? Why, yes. Is this a Canterbury tale? <laughs> Ye old child. This is winter's gift. This is what begins. Now, I like what she changed it to because it did speak of Jesus. You know, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Mm -hmm. But she's changed it to this is winter's gift. This is what begins. And so, like, it becomes a gift to everyone there. And if you're thinking about the first Noel being the first Christmas, if Noel means Christmas, Joyeux Noel, Noel is the first Christmas. This to me is like then opening up the celebration or opening up the joy for all faiths right i like that because we can all experience winter so we've decentralized the idea of the holiday so that even those who don't celebrate the holidays can have a winter's gift (laughs) you know and this is it this is winter's gift i have to imagine in this case winter's gift is that solstice energy or the rebirth of the light when the days start lengthening again and we're kind of moving out of darkness the darkest time of the year that's winter's gift baby so the light is the gift i think so so the child is the light. Mm-hmm. The S-U-N. No. Noel, Noel, every voice was singing. Noel, 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 born this day anew, Noel. That's all her. 
Yes. That's all her. And she avoids saying King of Israel, too. Interesting to note that she spells it N-O-W-E-L-L as opposed to N-O-E-L, which is traditionally mm-hmm. how we sing it. And I think that's yeah. a nod to her suggesting that this song might have started as like a, a drinking song or a shanty. Right. Yeah. Which she does say in that clip earlier. Mm-hmm. Right. I did remember feeling a certain kind of way about it when I read What Child Noel, because it didn't strike me right away that it was an original title, because it's at least an original title. What Child Is This? And then the first Noel combined to be What Child Noel. But I didn't know anything. I thought there was a song called What Child Noel. But when reading it Noel, I felt so like, oh my God, I don't even know what's going on here. (laughs) There's so much I don't know because I didn't have a religious upbringing. I didn't celebrate Christmas. There's very little I know about the holidays, you know? So I did buy a Bing Crosby holiday record. After Midwinter Graces, you were like, maybe this will help me figure it out. I got to do more Christmas research. Three days ago. Oh, three days ago. Three days ago. Okay. Yeah. Have you listened to it? Um, I did listen to it when I got home that day. It's because he has What Child Is This mashed up with the holly and the ivy. Hmm. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it is. Holly and the Ivy. Na, 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 na. We'll talk about it in five years or eight years. <laughs> we get to like that. Holly, Ivy, and Rose and Island. Imagine if those were the original names for the Golden Girls. Blanche's Holly, Dorothy's Ivy, uh-huh. and Rose is still Rose. They always keep one part of the pilot intact. And Sophia would insist. Yep. But yeah, so that's, I'm trying to get into the Christmas spirit, so I bought that record. But other than that, I had no idea. So when I read it as Noel with a W, I just felt dumb. I felt like I don't know anything about anything. Beginner's mind. One child is this who now awaits in every heart each morning. What child is this who now awakes in every heart each morning? I had recent insight into this line because if she's reframing this as winter's gift and giving it to everybody, then everyone can wake with it each morning, right? The joy in their heart. But also the idea that this is what begins. This is how it starts. Like you have to just kind of start something in order to, you just have to start. You have to start feeling the joy of the holidays. You just have to start and maybe even force it a little, and eventually it'll wake in your heart each morning, right? Mm. It just has to begin. Does that make sense? It does. Oh, thank God. <laughs> and this line also feels like, I don't know, like illumination to me, mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. an epiphany, maybe a non-religious epiphany, but just, I don't know, mm-hmm. inspiration, new awareness. From dazzling light through silver sky, bring peace now from... From dazzling light through silver sky, bring peace now from creation. That, to me, supports your epiphany idea. So we just think that dazzling light is kind of the newly reborn sun? Yeah, S-U-N. Burning brightly, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Go back to the chorus. Noel, Noel, every voice was singing. Everybody's just happy. Everyone's at peace. 
Yeah, and the holidays are the time of year when that seems possible. It does feel like a rebirth kind of leading into the new year. It's like, oh, maybe things will be different or I kind of have faith in humanity now, whereas I didn't before for five minutes. For the first verse. We're all family at the office gift exchange and then it all goes straight back to hell. But My office doesn't do a gift exchange. No, not at the winter party. We don't exchange gifts. We get given gifts by the office. But I want to buy my own gift for someone else. You can't do that? Has that been forbidden? But I want to buy my own gift for a coworker I barely know. <laughs> Please, sir. Please, let me spend my own $40. <laughs> I just want to read through these lyrics, these first Noel lyrics. The first Noel the angel did say was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay. In fields where they lay, keep keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so deep. Noel, Noel, this is a rap? king of Israel. No, I'm just, it just felt like a rap to me. I just felt at the moment, David. It was so good. They looked up and saw a star shining in the east beyond them far. And to the earth, it gave great light. And so it continued both day and night. A hip, a hop, a hippity hop. A hip, a hop. I don't know those words. <laughs> That's as far as I can go too. But you know, I can do, so you say you want a money, but you know it's never funny. When your shoes one through and there's a rumble in your tummy, but you have to have style, get a gold tooth, smile, put a girl on the corner so you can make a pile. That's it. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> you should do it with the first Noel lyrics okay. to the beat. What's the, I seen a rainbow yesterday. And by the light of the same star, three wise men come from country far to seek for a king. Was their intent and to follow the star wherever they went. The star drew right to, the, oh, whatever. <laughs> These lyrics are amazing. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Okay. Don't go chasing messiahs. Please stick to the rivers <laughs> and the stars that you're used to. So that was from the United Methodist Hymnal. Not what we did, but we, <laughs> the lyrics on the page that we're looking at was from the United Methodist Hymnal, 1989. That's where the lyrics stood then. Ooh, all the way back to 1989. <laughs> the first Christmas. Proud religious tradition. The first Christmas. Mm. Please play that Christmas song I loved so much. <laughs> Let's talk about solstice, too. Okay. Just so that we can create a common language that people understand. A solstice is an event that occurs when the sun appears to reach its most northerly or southerly excursion relative to the celestial equator on the celestial sphere. Two solstices occur annually around June 21st and December 21st. June 21st makes it the longest day of the year. December 21st makes it the shortest day of the year. In many countries, the seasons of the year are determined by reference to the solstices and the equinoxes. My dad's birthday is June 21st, right on that solstice, and it's always like, will this day never end? It's so long. <laughs> God, if I could pick one day to be my birthday, it'd be June 21st, so I could just have as much daylight as possible. <laughs> you really feel we've gotten to the heart of these lyrics? I, I do. Mean, yeah, it's pretty on the page. I think this whole season is going to be like super ease. It's going to be like a Christmas miracle. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, before we get to Yanta, I think we should hear from... A performer who just was dying to be part of our first Drive All Night Sparktacular. Take it away, Bing Crosby. What child is this who laid to rest? On Mary's lap is sleeping Whom angels greet with anthems sweet While shepherds watch are keeping Is this his Christ the King? 
So bring him incense, gold and myrrh. Come, peasant king, to own him. The king of kings, salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him. coming back from the dead to perform here tonight. You know what I haven't said to you yet, David, today? What? Joyeux Noël. I think you have said it several times. Just, you know what I f- haven't said to you this act, David? Joyeux Noël. Have yourself a joyeux Noël. I feel like there's some tension here. Oh, yeah. I'm always so shocked when he covers a Torima song that itself has other instrumentation. I'm always so shocked when Yanta doesn't just like go all out and do every piece, every part. Oh, but he did do the harpsichord. God bless. Mm. God bless you, Yanta. I just realized I, invol- I involuntarily closed my eyes and started nodding my head. You're like, yeah, this sweet harpsichord. <laughs> I just had this really strange feeling of like, if Tori's at home writing this and all her pianos are just coming, all, all the keyboards in the house are coming around the piano to sing. Mm. Aww. The, you know, at the Christmas party, yeah. the harpsichord like wobbles out. Got her scarf on and drinking a mug of cocoa. Yeah. Big old boozy with her holiday weight on. Yeah.
does feel so chordly when the harpsichord kicks in. It really does. I was always fascinated with the beheading of Anne Boleyn. (laughs) It really does. Which itself then is sort of like a feat of songwriting for her, right? Because she's never written like this before. Like there has to be a conscious effort being made to like be upbeat, right? Nobody wants a sad Christmas record. Everyone wants a sad Christmas record. It's a hard candy Christmas. What do you mean? (laughs) But she's saying like, if I can bring anyone comfort, it's tough times right now. But this is, I wouldn't call this a beat, but it does capture that kind of melancholy warmth of Christmas. There is like mm-hmm. a comfort, but a sadness to it also. Yeah. Perfection. Yeah, feels very churchy. That's very hymnal arrangement there at the end. And I'm with child. And you're with child? Uh-huh. That song got you pregnant? I think it did. If you liked that or anything, you can go support Yanta at patreon.com slash Yanta, where he's done almost all of Tori Amos's catalog and done an amazing job like you just heard. If you also like other kinds of sheet music and all sheet music and different arrangements and different versions, including live versions, you can go to figuretoryout.com. That's our friend Paul Roy's website, where he has compiled 20 years of sheet music from the Yahoo group Figure Tori Out. You have to be a member of Figure Tori Out to get the music, but it's free to be a member. Isn't that exciting? It is I exciting. I love when, you, when it's free to be a member. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Here's my tip. If something's ever not free to be a member, get one of those like gift cards you know, that you can buy and then use that. That way, if you forget to cancel your membership, they'll charge like a dead card. Ooh, that's a good hack. Life hack. Suck it, Columbia Record Club. Suck it, Paul Roy, figuratoryout.com. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. No, support him. Support him. No matter how much he charges for his yearly I'm membership I'm taking fee. my transcriptions for Snowblind and running away. Don't you dare. I need somebody to play Snow. I would love to have somebody play Snowblind for me this Christmas. Anyone? Mm. Anyone? You have three days to learn it oh. if you're listening to this right away. Well, I was going to ask you, Eve, what your Christmas wish is for this year. Is that it? For someone to play Snowblind for you? No, that's not my real Christmas wish. Okay what is that's a good question how real are we getting now that we've been through the line by line and the musical section even though we haven't discussed our favorite line or musical moment oh sure we should probably do that and then you ask my christmas wish okay okay what's your favorite lyrical moment um my favorite lyrical moment is this is winter's gift Because I like this idea of really taking us into that solstice energy and the rebirth of the light. I think that's what we're talking about here. So I like that. And that's kind of Tori's original piece, original contribution Mm -hmm. to this. So how about you? I'll agree with you. Both of those lines, this is winter's gift. This is what begins. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think they're both doing exactly what you said. And I love that right away you hear her own reframing right away at the beginning. And you kind of get what the whole album is about. You kind of get the whole style of what she's trying to present Mm -hmm. just from that moment. I agree. What's your favorite vocal moment? Probably the Noel. The Noels. No. All them wells. Because it kind of crests. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very warm. Hmm. 
I like the resolution of the Noels with the last Noel. Noel. Oh, yeah. She kind of slows down. It's like yeah. <laughs> if you were slowing down the audio file. Noel. Gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love that part. Gorgeous. Get it, girl. And what's your favorite musical moment? For me, yes, 100% the harpsichord. Same. Oh, my God. In the spirit of the holidays, we found unity. We're not on team opposite oh. anything this episode. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Mary Chrysler. Wow. We've grown up. We've come together for this one episode. Mm-hmm, for the holidays. Just to bring peace for our listeners. And goodwill towards men and woman. Yeah. While listeners' listens are keeping... Okay, now what's your Christmas wish? My Christmas wish, well, no, you go first. And in answer to your question, this, oh. is, this is the real real. That's how real we're getting. I wish for the crap of 2021 to be left in 2021. I wish to carry no ill will forward towards 2022. Or ill anything. Ill feelings, ill anything. I hope to be reborn at midnight on January 1st. Yeah, I can see you emerging from like a pond, stepping out baptized and reborn. Absolutely. I want it to be raining like at midnight. I want to stand out in the middle of Broadway in downtown LA and just spin in a circle. Even though I know there's going to be drunk drivers all over the road, I better get back inside before one of them hits me. It's getting dark. Yeah, you better get it back inside. getting dark. (laughs) It's going to rain tonight, so maybe you should do it early just in case it's not raining on New Year's Eve. If it's not raining on New Year's Eve, I will just have someone squirt me with a hose. (laughs) I'll do it. Thank you. I'll bring my super soaker over. Great. You're always willing to help. I'm always willing to pitch in for a friend. What is your Christmas wish? I don't know. It's not that I'm not taking this question seriously. It's that my answer is embarrassing. I actually didn't do that much like TV watching in pajamas during quarantine. So now that I've just finished a quarter of school. You hope for a second quarantine? No. Well, maybe. <laughs> I just want time to like lay around in my pajamas and watch TV and eat cookies and not do anything. But also world peace. Okay. <laughs> I can do a day or two days max of like laying around and watching television before I start to get like really antsy that I'm just like wasting valuable time in my life because I just have this like fatalist attitude you know where I feel like oh my god I could bust my hump for three solid years without ever taking a break and still we would not be done with this catalog yeah. you know <laughs> well we're gonna be doing that over the holidays yeah exactly so and I too feel like We'll be recording every day for a, a majority of the days that we're on break. We're going to be recording, and I can start out the day with some solid productivity, three hours of a recording session, and then I'll feel okay to lay around the rest of the day watching Big Brother, you know? Perfect. Yes, that's how I'm spending holidays 2021, baby. This is winter's gift. And I can't wait to look back on this episode next year and just like, I think these are little snapshots, and I like doing them like this because it's little snapshots of like where we are. Yeah, me too. I'm excited yeah. for Star of Wonder. That's a nice way to cap off what's supposed to be like one of my best years, my emerald year. Susan Miller's calling it astrologically as a Pisces. So all you Pisces out there, get ready. Happy New Year, 2022. What does that mean, an emerald year? I think she may have coined that term herself. <laughs> That's like one of the best <laughs> years of our lifetime for a Pisces. She just decided that next year is one of the best years well, of all Pisces n- well, lifetimes? no, but she decided to call it that. I don't know if emerald year is like a commonly used or accepted astrological term but 
Did she say when the Virgo's Emerald year is? Um, I'm going to have to check. Because if she says 2021, I swear to God. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Well, why don't you set up our next performers for our Sparktacular, Kiki and Herb. So they currently have a holiday show running. They do kind of, you know, bits. It's very loungy. They'll do like some spoken words, some jokes, like intermixed with songs. And they do a very pretty significant part of Crucify as part of a What Child medley. So this is the time. If there ever was a time, it's now. So please welcome Kiki and Herb to the Sparktacular stage. And I thought you were the one Deep inside I wish that they could see That I'm just plain old Mary Mary Deep inside I wish that they could see That I'm just plain old Mary Mary Just Mary, just Mary, just Mary Just like Mary's donkey. Every finger in the room is pointing at me. I want to spit in their faces, but I'm afraid what that might bring. I got a bowling ball in my stomach. I got a desert in my mouth. Figures that my courage would choose to sell out now I've been looking for a savior in these dirty streets 
Looking for salvation underneath these dirty sheets I've been raising up my hand Drive another nail in Looks like God needs one more victim Why do we crucify ourselves every day? I crucify myself for you I crucify myself my heart is sick of being my heart is sick of being in chains whoa chains whoa I got a cow for a doll she's begging for love I have my suffering, but I don't have my cross. I met a cat named Easter. He said, Will you ever learn? You're just an empty cage girl. If you kill the bird. I've been looking for a savior in these dirty streets. Looking for salvation underneath these dirty sheets. Raising up my hand Drive another nail in I've got enough guilt to start My own religion Why do we Crucify ourselves Every day I crucify myself Nothing I do is not enough for you I crucify myself My heart is sick of being My heart is sick of being in I'm just Mary, just Mary, just Mary. Thanks, Debbie. Welcome to the stage, frequent contributor and supporter Laura Crum. Welcome to the Drive All Night Studios for our first ever Drive All Night Spectacular. Look at the studio audience. Give her a round of applause, y'all. Oh, my God. They're so sexy. I know. They're all, they're all dressed in red and green. It's wild. Pink and glitter. Right. Oh, yeah. And glitter. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. I, my, I, I'm colorblind. Did I not ever mention that? Yeah. I just, no. How are you? I'm good. You know, I'm sitting here in my black velvet dress. You know, I'm, I'm awesome. It's, I can it's see you. Christmas. It's the holidays. It's amazing. It's fun. I have a three-year-old, so it's, you know, having a, a three-year-old at Christmas, it's really kind of cool because you get to see everything as a kid again. So oh. it's really, it's fun. It's fun. It's not going to be fun in like 10 years when she's a teenager, so I'm enjoying it now. Tell us what your Christmas traditions are. Like, do you have any holiday traditions that you do every year? Or Since you have a three-year-old, have you created any in the last three years that you'd like to share? So, I mean... We do have, we have this one major tradition in our family, and uh, I bring it up because it's actually pretty cool. We've had the same 
book of Twas the Night Before Christmas, like the same copy, since 1978. And every Christmas Eve, it is given to someone in the family to read, and then they sign their name on it. And so, yeah, so I don't know who's going to read it this year. I think it's going to be my sister. But um, so we do that every year. And if you look into the book, it's actually really cool because you get like a list of signatures and names from family and, and friends whoever we feel that needs it. We usually give it to someone who we're like, they had a bad year. Let's give them the (laughs) book this year. So like, you know, um, so we do that. And then with my daughter, I don't know. (sighs) I never thought I'd be a house with an inflatable, but she loves them so much. And our neighbor has, you know, those big inflatables, those Christmas inflatables. Have you seen them? Oh, like the big Christmas trees and Frosties, like Frosties. Oh my God. You put them in your yard. I love it. Yeah. So our neighbor has one of Santa coming out of an outhouse. Santa's like coming. And she saw it. She's in love with it. So I have one now and it's tacky. It's horrible. But I have it. Everybody pees. Have you seen? Have you read that book? Everybody poops? Yes, I have. The everybody poops and everybody yeah. pees. Yeah, we did it. Yeah. yeah. No, poop is a hot topic. Yeah. Oh, so good. Santa's poop was another hot topic. Around this house so too. That. It's just classy. It's just yeah. really classy in my house. It really just know? humanizes him. You know, it humanizes him. What are your Christmas wishes this year? Oh, I want Tori Amos to come to America for a tour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would like her to announce a tour date specifically in Florida because she didn't come to Florida and I'll travel, but I want convenience. I'm lazy. So, What do you mean she um, didn't come to Florida? When has she ever skipped Florida? Native American tour. She didn't come to Florida. Oh, the Native, Native American. Native American. <laughs> Native I'm sorry. That's it was basically what it was, honestly. Honestly. Uh, she did not come to Florida. She went to Georgia. She went to Louisiana and that was fine. I was happy, but like, you know. I have to not. tell you, I did that entire tour. I have to tell you, this is the literal first time I'm realizing she didn't hit Florida and how no. grateful I was for it because I can't stand Florida. The moment I get into I Florida, know. my hair wilts. I start to sweat like a layer of just like flop sweat right on me. I love her Florida show. She always does water themes. I love it. She always does like a she beach does. theme. You know. It's all oysters and I love the Florida shows, but um, I understand. No, no one should want to come here. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. I missed that tour too. I didn't even get to go you on didn't the see any? I got I didn't. It was horrible. I was super, super pregnant. I got pregnant like right before the tours started, right in mm. November, because I and I was gonna go to a November show, but I got pregnant as a surprise. I didn't think I could get pregnant, so my husband and I had to go on like crazy lockdown because we just lived in a one-one in downtown Tampa, like a one-one apartment in downtown Tampa with our two dogs and two cats, and we're like, oh my god, we're gonna bring a baby into this. So we had to in nine. We had like nine months to flip our whole life around, and you did it. We did it. Merry oh. Christmas. Now we've got an inflatable. Now we've got an inflatable. <laughs> right. We've invited you to our first ever Drive All Night Spectacular. <laughs> we've invited you to our first ever Spectacular because you came up with the idea, basically. So talk oh to us God. about the tweet you sent and what l- prompted you to send it and if any substances were involved. Okay. So um, at night, I was so I have this three-year-old. We've been watching a ton of Christmas specials all the time. And... She goes to bed and sometimes just to like mellow myself out, I do go on my back porch at night and I do partake. I do. I smoke a small amount of, of the marijuana. I get so nervous talking about it. <laughs> the, the marijuana? Oh, my the God. Marijuana. I promise you there are no feds listening to this show. I don't know. Well, I'm in Florida. It's not. They only, oh, yeah. It's only medically legal in Florida. Oh, you're right. I don't know who's tapping your phone. <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah. I'm very important. So anyways, um. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I was sitting there and I was thinking about the Christmas specials and I was like, wouldn't it be funny with a stop motion like Tori Amos one? And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to listen to the Tori Amos album and see if I could imagine her doing this in a stop clay motion. I don't know. This is where I was. And I listened to a song and I was like, oh my gosh, I get it. And I was like, we need a Tori Amos Christmas special. And then I was like, that's how they should cover the album because I love the album and I always think, I'm like, how are they going to cover this album? I'm concerned of it for you. Like, I'm taking on this concern <laughs> for you. For the past two years, I've really, like, been stressed about you covering it. And I thought, I was like, they're going to have to do it as a Christmas special. And for the past few years, I was like, I wonder if they'll do a Christmas special this year. And I was like, you know what? They probably haven't even thought about it. I'm just going to tell them they need to do a Christmas special. So I thought of the idea, like, two years ago when I started to watch so much. But oh. I don't know, I guess. I was high. I'm usually high in December. <laughs> a long December. The only way I could get through it with the toddler, I have to like, okay, calm myself down. When you sent us that tweet that we should do the Christmas special, I was like, I can't break format. And my instant, my gut reaction was to just say no, but not like, you know, not to you specifically, just like with any idea that just rocks the boat. But then the very next day, I pulled What Child Noel from the Torical for the Never Shut Up show. And it was just, it was clear. I was like, okay, the fates are working in Laura Crumb's favor. (laughs) And honestly, it's the best way to cover this album. Because when we get to the 2009 chronology, we wouldn't want like a whole year of Midwinter Grace's coverage, you know? Like who would tune in? Yeah, you have to be in the season to appreciate the songs. And that was why I was so stressed about this for you for the past (laughs) two years. I was like, how are they going to land perfectly? And how are they going to cover it within one to two months? I was like, let's give them November, December, and January, maybe. Yeah. Because after the tree goes down, no one wants to, I don't want to think about Christmas (laughs) after New Year's. Like, I I don't want to see it. It's gone. Well, thank you for on. absorbing the stress, not only identifying a problem before, long before we ever saw it, but also it's solving just... the problem long before we ever and, saw and it. As you like zip through Choir Girl, and I know it doesn't feel like you zip through Choir Girl, but I felt like it went so much faster than Pele. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to be on Midwinter Graces soon, and it's going to be like Easter time, and I'm going to be upset. <laughs> like, I'm not going to like the dissonance of holidays. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. I would have hated it. So this is great. So I'm saying it here loud and proud. Like, this first first ever drive all night sparktacular this first ever drive all night sparktacular it is what it is but starting next year we'd love for people to submit their tory themed performances and you know just make it a variety show and one day do it live like for our new year like do that last mm-hmm. one live oh, oh. i would like to rent out carnegie hall <laughs> I think, you we know, should. yeah, just have like some beautiful feathered girls and some ice skaters. That feels appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. That feels appropriate. Like a water you ballet. Know. You can see it. And we should all, we should all be in our Tori Amos Christmas best, whatever that may be. I agree. I agree. Just I- like pink and glitter. Just like our gorgeous studio audience. <laughs> They're all so beautiful tonight. They're oh. beautiful. I don't know. My, I, I did see a pink glitter dress the other day and I was like, maybe I should buy that just for Christmas. Just as in my own homage. I think you should. And you should (laughs) photograph yourself and put it online (laughs) because I'd love to see that. (laughs) I think we should all wear pink and glitter this year. And actually, as of the date of this recording, I'm hanging out tonight with two of my sisters, Shaggy and Peter. We're doing our gift exchange. And maybe I will (gasps) go find a pink and glitter sweater. I accidentally opened my gift in the mail. My husband got me. Have you seen online where this artist, I forgot the name because I'm losing my mind, but um, 
there's an artist who takes the Tori Amos albums and he covers them like comic books. Oh, yeah. Liam Alexander. Art of Liam Alexander on Instagram. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, he got me like three of them, three of the prints for Christmas this year, and I'm super excited. I'm going to go frame them. He didn't want to go all in? What's his name? <laughs> he didn't want to get you the full collection? I know. I know. I was like, this is it? No. <laughs> I I opened it accidentally. <laughs> I got nervous because the envelope said like something about customs, and I was oh, like, "Oh no, no. be in trouble with customs." I don't know why we would be in trouble. Verbal. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you were high. You were panicking. You were high. You were th- having deep Tory thoughts. I'm telling you, after 8:30 at night in December, I'm usually out of my porch, <laughs> communing with Tori Amos and smoking. I love <laughs> it. I, I love do. it. Well, thank you for being on our first ever drive all night, Sparktacular. Thank you for inviting me. And thank you for dealing with this huge space of anxiety that I've had for two years. No, <laughs> and I'm so, I, you know, if you ever have a thought like that, come to us. Come to us. Don't okay. don't go through it alone. That's why we're here. Oh, my gosh. I just, I was like, <laughs> it's going to be on Easter. I could feel it. I, <laughs> I know, not right? Gonna <laughs> it's not going to work July, out. June 12th. <laughs> oh, thank you for being here. And you look fabulous today. Give her a round Thanks. of applause, everybody. Bye. Yay, bye. <laughs> It was the night before Christmas when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The settlist was hung by the bosie with care in hopes that doll Santa would soon be there. The reggies were nestled all snug in their beds with visions of sugar plugged here in their heads. And Matt at his drum kit and John at his bass both wondered which grapefruit would soon win the race. When back on the lawn, there arose such a chatter. T sprang from her bench to see what was the matter. Throwing her shoe, T flew like a flash, ripped open those ushers, and was screaming for Tash. The moon on the breast of the reggies below gave the luster of hope for a top 10 best show. When what to my wandering eyes should appear but a red-headed woman in a room full of queers. With an orange-tinted bodyguard, lively and quick, I knew in a moment that's what I like, Mick. More rapid than eagles, the bodyguard came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dotson, now Arsler, now Shaggy and Saker. We will precious things, and we want Baker Baker. To the front of the stage, you can climb China's wall. Now break away, break away, break away all. As the people that go to the shows sure can fly, when they meet with security, take to the sky. So up to the front row, the ears with feet flew with their bootleg recorder and Bentley Helms too. And then with a twinkle came Riot the Poof, the prancing and pawing of Reindeer King's hooves as she put on the damage and diagnosed sound out of stage left, Pip came with a bound. She was dressed all in rubber from legs to her boots, clashing with Santa whose dress sure was cute. As Isabel sauntered on stage from the back, Clyde couldn't be seen behind a scarf that was black. The ivories, they tinkled, Pip's setless so scary. And no, not a one of them ever played Mary. Her funny lip shape, drawn up like a bow, all the while thunder wished it could be snow. With requests for police me that sure would please Eve, she shocked us with holly and threw out a wreath. She played London girls and our legs turned to jelly. You say you don't want it, you don't mean it really. As the show carried on, we knew this was the best, but with only one encore, what was the rest? One went to fairy tale, 10 minutes long. The next one to swirl, what a magical song. She spoke not a word, but went straight to the pit and touched all the faces before she did split. She turned back to see us, 
hands making a heart. For four sad long years, she soon would depart. We rushed to the precinct to cry, dance, and drink. And Mateo Segade, he spun with a wink. We heard her exclaim as she drove out of sight, from ocean to ocean, to all a good night. Back to the lounge, David. Thank you. The AMOS lounge, the NOEL lounge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you saw the sign. Uh huh. I'm not a good holiday decorator yet. I'm gonna get better in the next 12 years, I promise. Yeah, but for now, you got that weird ass tinsel. It's just that white ass tinsel. I'm gonna try not to walk under the mistletoe because it could get weird. Standing there waiting. Yeah, uh-huh. Looking around, arms crossed, like, no, I'm fine. It's okay. It's fine. Mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it. A kiss can be even deadlier if you mean it. Oh my god. <laughs> this song, What Child Noel, as of this recording date, 2021, has not been performed ever live, ever, ever, ever. And I think it's the first song that we've encountered as we're recording in our chronology, not her chronology, but ours. It's the first one we've encountered that has no live version. I know. Right? Noel is a no show. But we do think that this is the appropriate and probably only time that we can talk about this improv that she did on November 28th, 1999 at the Virgin Megastore in Orange, California for a guy I used to know. I, don't, I haven't talked to him in years, but his name is Noel. And let's just play the moment, shall we? Actually, you know what, Ryan? A lot of people had a good idea. We were thinking for the last Tory song, if everybody sat down. All right. All right, we'll do that. Let me, let me work up here a little bit. It's up to you guys if you want to do it, but a lot of people are asking. So. Okay, we'll do that in a second. My man, what's your name? My name is Noel. Hi. Noel, how are you doing? Doing good. Good. Tori Amos. I know. Okay. <laughs> Tori, um, I was wondering if you can play a song for me. Um, when I was younger, a lot of people made fun of my name. They called me um, girl, and um, they called me gay, and they were really cruel. And um, since it's the winter time, I was wondering if you can play the first Noel as a winter song? Oh, let me try, wait. I don't know that one very well, but... Noel, Noel, you were so sure again. Something less, something to slip through you. When it goes and you can find your way. Wow. 
Well, I mean, it was sweet of her to do that, and it seems really like it would it would be absolutely touching, you know. So God bless. God blesses everyone. So back then, she did not even know the tune of Noel. So it's something she had to learn. In 10 years, she learned it. That strikes me as very unusual or surprising that Tori Amos, of all people, didn't know the tune to a widely known, acceptable Christmas carol. That song is acceptable. It's acceptable. Maybe just when she's put on the spot like that, you know? Like, oh, that's not a song I know very well. And then, like, to find... It never stops her. So when shouted out, Woomp, there it is. And she was like, okay. Woomp, there it is. There There she she goes goes again. I'm going to do something. This is from the new record. Woomp, there it is. Can you do that? What's that? There, your Woomp, there it is. We love that one. (laughs) Oh, that's... Oh, that's not her. Sorry. there it is. There she goes again. And the bathroom went to shoes off. A Woomp, there it is. With a cabinet. David, this was a short trip to the lounge. This is like a wedding. You put all this effort into decorating it, and then it lasted like five minutes. Exactly. Yeah. It was a short trip to the lounge, David, but a beautiful one and an expensive one. Mm-hmm. Let's get out of here. Let's see if we can return these props. We hope you've enjoyed your visit to the AMOS Live Lounge. Goodbye. Well, that was our very first ever Drive All Night Sparktacular, David. Oh my goodness, I already can't wait for the holiday season 2022. Listen to that crowd! Put your waitress. We would like to say that if you want to be part of next year's Drive All Night Sparktacular, submit your work. Submit your Tory-themed Christmas work. I don't know. Is it a cover? What is it? What is it, David? Is it an original Christmas song? Be creative. Be wildly creative. Absolutely. Submit it to us, songswithtraymas at gmail.com. Throughout the year, we'll curate, and perhaps you can find yourself on next year's mm. Drive All Night Sparktacular. Focus, Star of Wonder. <laughs> you have almost a year to work on it, so we're expecting big things. I agree. I want huge things. <laughs> I want a claymation of the dolls doing the dance of the sugar plum bears. Oh my gosh, yes. Or do claymation, but remake special as four years without a Tory clause, as opposed to the year without a Santa Claus. Which would be wildly wasteful as far as time goes, because this is an audio format, yeah. and not many people would be able to see it. Oh, we could direct people to YouTube. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, share your work with us, please. Songs of Tremus at gmail.com. And if you like what we do, you can follow us on all our socials at Songs of Tremus. You can also become a Patreon supporter, but I suspect that you are because this is behind a Patreon paywall mm. for most of the time. And if you're not, what are you doing here? How did you get this? What? what? What's going on? Who do you know? It's like when people stub people in, you know, yes. like we used to do <laughs> totally. in the 90s. I was trying to explain that to someone the other day, and I was like, oh gosh, that's so bad. Yeah, when you like take someone else's ticket stub and then you go back outside to the smoking area and then you hand 
your stub and the other person's stub through the fence. That way, you, right? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Which doesn't really work anymore with phones, right? And everything being oh, scanned. Yeah. No. Yeah. But that is definitely how you got on Santa's naughty list back in the day. I'll tell you one thing. Our Europe 2022 upcoming tour is completely different than we've ever handled any tour before. We have everything in one spreadsheet, including links, scannable QR codes for every single ticket except for the hard tickets. So they're all in our spreadsheet. All we have to do is literally open up our phone. We have all our hotel information, our everything, all of our confirmation, and then we can just click the link and then like scan our tickets mm. from our Google spreadsheet. It only took 30 years to perfect touring. <laughs> it only took 30 years to design that spreadsheet, actually. Yeah. It took us a very long time to figure it out. Mm. Anyway, email us if you want to share your work with us at songsofthremus at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to our newsletter, songsofthremus.com. You can leave us a voicemail, 323-296-9955. You can become a Patreon if you're not, patreon.com slash songsofthremus, or... You can just reach out and just say hi. Just tell us you love us. We like uh, kind words around the holidays. Tell us we're pretty. Thank you. <laughs> oh, if you haven't already, review us on iTunes. Give us five stars. And a special thanks to our live in-house studio audience. Yes. You're the best. Yo, you are. You're the best. You guys are amazing. Oh, You're my God. Best. You. You made Christmas magical. You. You. You see me, like, holding my hands up like hearts. Yes. <laughs> I love you, peeps. I love you, peeps. I was going to say peeps, too. The Drive All Night Studio, peeps. <laughs> Everybody, how's it going? We had a lot of requests tonight. We did our best. Can't get them all We in. did our best. Good luck. next tour in four years. Bye. Bye. Drive All Night is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned in this episode, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com.